0: Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us on the Lakeland Vineyard podcast. My name is Andy Baker. I'm the lead pastor here at Lakeland Vineyard, and I just wanted to give you a warm welcome and say thank you for spending this time with us. Our hope is that you're challenged and encouraged through the message of hope that is found in Jesus Christ. And we would love to connect with you and make ourselves available to you If you would go to lakelandvineyard.org and fill out a Connect card, we would love to get in touch with you. Also, I would love to invite you to join us for a worship service at 10 a.m. in the room or online. We would love to see you there. Um, Psalm 16, and what we've been praying. And, and really, I want, I want this to become, you know, I would love for this to become the prayer that, we, that we're praying during this time. Um, and, and, it, and it goes like this, um, and I'll read it, and then let's pray it together. You can pray now. It is, you make known to me the path of life, you will fill me with joy in your presence, with eternal pleasures at your right hand. Amen. How many times, Andy, are we going to say that? How many times are we going to pray that? Is it just until the end of this series? I hope. Maybe you're like Josh and you're like, is that what heaven's going to be like? <laughs> Psalm 16, are we just doing this? No, I, I just believe this, that, that, that it, it's a prayer that we need to pray. And not only pray it, and what we're going to talk about today is, is we could say that that was on the screen over and over and over again, um, and maybe not mean it, you know? Maybe we're just praying, you know, you make known to me the path of life, you fill me with joy in your presence with eternal pleasures at your right hand, amen, All right? Or maybe it's something that we're internalizing. And we're saying, God, come and do the very things that you promised in your word. And so uh, this week, I came in on, on Tuesday, and my intention was to figure out what was going on with the soundboard, all right? Our soundboard communicates with our what's called our presentation computer, and it sends the audio um, over to it. Via a USB, and I won't get too techy geeky with you. And it wasn't doing it on Sunday. We had um, like every tech person's nightmare happened. They go to preview the podcast, and it was blank. And they're like, "Because you know what that means? You you just don't have anything for that day. You're just it's sunk." And and so we're looking, we're trying to figure it out, and, and on Sunday, we're trying to figure it out, we can't. We, Josh and I are just like, "I don't know. I'll leave it for Tuesday. We'll figure it out." So I came in on Tuesday, nine o'clock. I was like, "This should be solvable within 20 minutes. We'll get it done." Um, at 3:30, uh, when I decided to because I had to leave, because there was no point in going back into my study because I knew I would get nothing done. I was like, I'm done for the day. And you ever had a day like that where you felt like, man, I, did, I, did a, I think I did a lot today, but I, there's nothing to actually show for it. Uh, so the problem was not solved. Uh, I thought I could solve a problem by buying a program that, that is an upgrade to what we normally would record on, and that solved nothing. And in the meantime, our credit card got denied. And so I spent the next two and a half hours trying to get that worked out. And then, I love our credit card company, by the way. I will not mention their name. I love them to death, though. Um, so much so that we're switching. But um, they, they said, well, we can't identify you, sir. So what we're going to do is we're going to send you a, a, a letter in the mail. And in seven to 10 days, you'll receive this. And it'll have a code on it. And it will say, and then you call with that code, and then we'll free your account up. And to which I replied, I'm sorry. Let me check something real quick. Oh, I thought we were in 1990. Um, Which probably wasn't the best comment to make, but that's where I was. I was like, I was there. And then I'll tell you what, I came in, I just left it there, and I couldn't solve it. And then I came in on Tuesday, or Wednesday, and it was like right in front of me, like boom, like here's the problem, do this, do this, and it was there. And I was like, wow, okay, well, you know, and I had prayed before I went into the booth and I, I was just like, God, would you please just like make it apparent to me what is going on here? And what I found was this when I was, in the day before, I was frustrated, very, Frustrated, and uh, trying to be patient, and and I was I was winning most of the time on that, except for the '90s comment. And uh, and what I found though was was when I when I took a moment and asked God and said, God, would you just show me what this is? And some of you might think, well, that's kind of silly, isn't? It? You guys ever done that before, where you cannot find your wallet, you can't do anything, and you pause for a second, and you say, God, would you just do not know where this is. Would you just show me where this is? Not as if God is a vending machine like that, but I've had that happen before. Now sometimes I've been asking, "Where is my phone?" And I'm walking around and I'm talking on it to someone, but I'm looking for my phone. That's a, that's another problem, all right. Uh, but the soundboard got worked out. My eyes were opened, and the problem here's the funny part is. It was right in front of me the day before, like right in front of me the day before, and I just couldn't see it. And so Jesus, in his teaching on the Sermon on the Mount, this, this discourse, this, uh, this talk from chapter 5, 6, and 7 found in Matthew, is gonna, he's going to talk about prayer and what prayer is. And it says this in Matthew 6. 5 through 15, it says, when you pray, don't be like the hypocrites who love to pray publicly on street corners and in the synagogues where everyone can see them. I tell you the truth, that is all the reward they will get. But when you pray, go away by yourself, shut the door behind you and pray to your Father in private. Then your Father who sees you, who sees everything, will reward you. When you pray, don't babble on and on as the Gentiles do. They think their prayers are answered merely by repeating their words again and again. Don't be like them. For you, for your Father knows exactly what you need. And even before you ask him. But pray like this. Our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today the food we need. And forgive us our sins as we have forgiven those who sin against us. And don't let us yield to temptation, but rescue us from the evil one. If you forgive those who sin against you, your heavenly Father will forgive or will forgive you. But if you refuse to forgive others, your Father will not forgive your sins. And so that passage which obviously has what's called the Lord's Prayer inside of it, is again reflecting as Jesus teaches here. He, again, is, is teaching on the heart. What is the heart of what you're doing? Is Jesus giving a new law that says, hey, make sure you're inside and no one can hear you pray. Make sure that that's the, that's the thing. Never, never again pray in public. He's not saying that. He's saying this, though, that that, and then I want to define what prayer is. It's communication to and from God about the reality of life. To and from God. It's communication to and from God. And the first question I have is, what is the heart of prayer? What is the heart of prayer? And I believe that the heart of prayer is your heart. Uh, Because, again, I want to just say it again, Jesus here has been talking about the condition of people's hearts. He's not coming in to say, here's X, Y, Z of what you should do, A, B, C. If you do these things, then you'll be good. He's saying, as a result of knowing who I am, these things will be apparent in your life. And so the heart is why what we pray from, our heart is where we pray from. And when our heart is concerned with the approval of people, we will pray in that way as to impress people. And then there you'll have your reward. You ever heard a great prayer before? Anybody? You ever heard a great prayer? You're like, man, that was, that was a good prayer. And, and that's okay. But, but here, here's what the deal is. It, what is the motivation behind the prayer? Is, is Jesus saying you can't have prayers that sound good anymore? They have to be crazy and not make sense, and only I would understand them. No, he's not saying that. saying this, when your heart is concerned with the approval of God, then you pray in a way that brings glory to God. So you don't have concern with the approval of other people. And there you will have your reward. So how then do we know that the heart of prayer is the heart? And it's this, because you can take the same prayer you can say the same prayer, and you can say them verbatim, the same exact way, but they're two different prayers. A people-centered prayer is focused on exactly how I'm saying the prayer, while a God-centered prayer is more concerned with to whom I am saying it and to whom is responding to me. And that's in the heart of people. Does it, does it mean that when people have... Written prayers, maybe you're like me. Back in the day, I used to think written prayers were kind of whack. Like, what's a written, why would you say a written prayer? Like, but then you come to realize that it's the heart of what is being said. What's the heart behind what's being said? And, And so, what is the heart of prayer? It's the heart as we approach the Father. And then I think a great question that we should all ask, and maybe we've all asked this question before, is why pray? Why should I pray? Right? I mean, have you ever thought this before? Why should I pray? Well, if we know that it's communication to and from God, why then should I pray? And it's this, we pray because the kingdom of God is at hand. And Jesus is inviting us to Partner with him in his work. Why do we pray? Because we're saying, Father, would you come and have your way? Would you make me more like you in the things that you're doing? I want to join you in the things that you're doing. Would you speak to me in the things, in the way that you would have me to act, in the things that you would have me to say, in the purchases maybe that you would have me to make, the way that you would love for me to give? I want to be in communication. I, I can't just be communicating to you. I can't, without listening then and saying, God, what do you want to do in my life? John 4, 24 says this, we must worship God in spirit and in truth. And as we worship God in spirit and truth, we there's an interaction that's taking place there. To worship God in spirit and in truth is actually life-giving because we're interacting with God at the deepest parts of who we are. At our very soul, God is interacting with who we are. And we wonder, well, how does transformation take place? I believe that it takes place as we, as we pray, as we lay down our lives, as we surrender our lives, and we allow God to come and transform us as we worship in spirit and in truth, that we worship the true living God at the very soul level. Well, how do we do that? What's the mechanics behind that? We just come to God and we say, God, would you have your way in me through and through? So why do we pray? We pray that we can become more like Jesus. We pray that. We pray, God, would you just come and make me more like Christ? First uh, Thessalonians says this, 5, 16 through 18, always be joyful, never stop praying. Some versions would say cease or pray um, without ceasing, all right? And then 18 says, be thankful in all circumstances for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ. That 17, always used to stick out at me, like always be praying, like never, how do you do that? How do you, I mean, have you ever thought this, like how am I supposed to never stop praying? How does that work? Because I think what we do is we box in prayer, right? Like, oh, well, prayer's quiet time, and you have to be up at 4.30, and you, you know, whatever your parameter is, maybe it's 8 o'clock for you, and from 8 to 9, I have my quiet time, devotional time. Um, and then what we do is we, we say, well, how could I pray unceasingly when I only have that time period where I can do that? I think we have a misunderstanding then of what prayer is, right? We, we've boxed it into this, to this time, this, this section of our day, and it's not like that. Prayer means this, being in communication to and from God. It's not limited to a particular space or a particular quiet time or devotional time or prayer time. So maybe you've Thought about God through the day. Maybe you've said something like, God, would you just, you walk into a meeting before you pray, God, would you just come and have your way? You see somebody on the street, you have compassion for them, and you, and you pray. And you might not stop and pray for them, but, but you pray. And you, and you think to yourself, and you, and you bring God to the forefront of your mind. And you say, God, would you just come and have your way? Now, uh, this takes practice, right? I mean, think about this. How many of you are doing kicking butt at that, man? You're praying unceasingly. Um, you keep God at the center of everything you're doing. You can tell from Tuesday's story, didn't do too good there. You know, I'm sitting back there at the tech booth. I love it, all right, for five hours. I've solved nothing. Maybe, just maybe, if in the middle of that, I would have actually stopped and put God at the forefront and called, you know, had maybe, God, would you just bring me peace right now? I don't know what's going on, but bring me peace. Even if I wouldn't have solved that problem, I wouldn't have been so anxious as to what was happening. But instead, I just, you know, I got this, right? And I, and I just pushed on and pushed on. And so it takes practice right? I mean, have you, you guys practiced prayer? You ever done that before? You ever practice? I have a friend who says on Mondays he loses his Christianity. He's in the room. Um, but he said, it's been getting better. It's been getting better. I mean, he doesn't obviously lose his Christianity, but there's so much to do when Monday comes around. It's Tuesday now, okay? <laughs> True confessions right here, live. Yeah. So but we but we what do we do in the midst of those things? And we come to God. So why why do we pray? We pray to be more like Christ. Paul in the book of First Corinthians in chapter two, he's talking about wisdom from God. And he, here's what he realized too, that that all the all the stuff that he has to say. And all the wisdom, we got to understand, Paul is wise. He's a wise dude. He's very knowledgeable. But here's what he says, paraphrase, is this, like, all of that stuff does not compare to the power of the Holy Spirit. Like, I could give you eloquent things, but if I don't have the power of the Holy Spirit, I don't have anything. And he says this, Who can know the Lord's thought? Who knows enough to teach him? But we understand these things, for we have the mind of Christ. See, the wisdom of God comes after we drop our pretense and rely fully on the Holy Spirit to give us true power. How many of you guys in the room... And online, raise your hand and be weird on the sofa there. How many of you have thought to yourself, I have it under control? At any moment, like, any given moment, like, man, I got this. Yeah. Yeah, thank you. All the time, right? I got this. You know, we try to undertake things, and, and we, how do we, well, we might not even say that. We just start to undertake things, and we're like, God, just, you know, come alongside and join me in what I'm doing, all right, instead of saying, God, what do you want to do? I want to be more like you. What do you want to do in this situation? I mean, we pray that we have the mind of Christ, that when we take on the mind of Christ, guess what? We, we see things different. Spend time with God and say this, God, would you come and transform my life? Spend time reading his word. Spend time saying, God, come and have your way and just see what happens. Are you going to be perfect? No. Will you be able to look at things in a different perspective, in a kingdom perspective? Yes. There are things that we, and I'll say, I try to control that I have no business controlling. We have we try to twist outcomes, try to make things happen, and God is in control. Now, does that mean we sit and do nothing? No, I believe that, that we ask God, how do I partner with you in the things that you're doing? And then question three, and this is a I think a great question. Maybe it's not. How do I pray? What do I say? We have to learn how to pray. I really believe that that we have this idea, and you can, here's how I know people are nervous about prayer. When you're in a room and you say, hey, would you pray? (sighs) What? <sighs> Out loud <laughs> like, Okay. You know, and I know everybody has a different personality type. I understand that. There's some people that are extreme introverts. All right. But how do I pray? Well and then let's just take that from not in a room. Individual time. How many of you have sat down and thought, how do I pray? I have. How do I pray? Have you ever heard these people praying for like two and three hours? And you've ever wondered, how do they do that? What's up with that? How do I pray? What do I say? Well, one thing that Jesus gives us a pointer on is this, don't babble on. You know, have you ever been praying, maybe you have like me, you've been praying and thought, am I at the point of babbling right now? Am I, have you ever had that before? Like, am I, ba- am I just... Okay. Or maybe you've thought it when someone else was praying. Boy, they're at the point of babbling, I can tell you that much. Right? We, don't lie. Like, we've all thought that. You're like, Jamie's thought that. Okay. Uh, yeah. But here in both cases... Um, you're, you're really not guilty of babbling on because the word actually means there, it's this repetitive prayer. It's really, it's talking about, Jesus is talking about Gentiles who think that they can just kind of work this thing up by doing a repeat of word over and over again. They don't really understand that they're, uh, when you pray to the God of Israel, when you pray to Jesus, right, that um, you don't have to babble on. It's just like vain repetition. It's mechanical Um, if I say this, this will happen. Um, There's no connection to God being made. In other words, Dallas Willard says this, the Gentiles do not understand that prayer to to the God of Israel and Jesus, the living and personal God of the universe, is intelligent conversation about matters of mutual concern. I want us to pause there for a second and kind of go through that. He says, The Gentiles do not understand that prayer to the God of Israel and of Jesus, the living and personal God of the universe, prayer is this, it's intelligent conversation about matters of mutual concern. Take that in for a second, of mutual concern. Like, does that mean that God is concerned about the things we're concerned about? he is. The very things that, that we're concerned about, God is concerned about because he loves us. And he says later on, and he says this, Dallas Woods says this, he teaches us how to be in prayer what we are in life and how to be in life what we are in prayer. Jesus teaches us how to be in prayer what we are in life, and how to be in life what we are in prayer. So how do I pray? What do I say? Here's, let me encourage you with this. The first thing that you don't want to do is impress people. Because Jesus says this, you know, if you're doing that and, and you're saying, hey, come, listen to me pray. Check this. This is going to be a doozy. I'm going to tell you right now. All right. The heart behind that prayer is, hey, come listen to me. The other way is to say, I'm just going to lift up some words to you, God. Like, I want to communicate with you, and I want you to, I want to speak to you, and I want you to reveal yourself to me. And, And so when Jesus says this prayer and says, hey, pray like this, and 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 while you're praying, let let me capture your attention. Let me lead you further into prayer. So So if you sat down and you said something like this, um, "Our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today the food we need, and forgive us." our sins, as we have forgiven those who sin against us. And don't let us yield to temptation, but rescue us from the evil one. Now, what if we just came to to God, and what if we just said, Father, who's in heaven, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come. What does that mean? What is that? There's no no formula. And I think what we sometimes do is is we look for a formula. So if I say the, the, let's quote, our our Father, if I say that three times, my life is going to be worked out. If I say it three times a day, I'm going to have a good day. Again, positioning of the heart, our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come. May your will be done. Give us today what we need. Forgive our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Don't let us yield to temptation. We see this, um, how do I pray? What do I say? Well, we see this in Acts chapter 8. There's this um, magician by the name of Simon. Simon. And he sees the power of the Holy Spirit and, and that, that the Holy Spirit is working in and among the people uh, that are following Christ, the early church. And, and guess what Simon wants to do? He wants to buy it. Dude, that's good stuff. What's, your, what's the web address for that? Where can I purchase that? Is that Prime same day? No. This is only by the power of the Holy Spirit that's transforming the lives of the early church that people are seeing a difference made. And I don't think it's any different for us today that God is calling us to be under-influenced, take on the mind of Christ, be driven by the power of the Holy Spirit. And to not only not only change, transform ourselves, but to but to actually shape and form culture. If we look at the early church, what did they do? They were persecuted, but they shaped and formed a culture. If they would have early on pawned this off for, oh, yeah, you can buy it here, give me $30 or whatever. Well, it wouldn't end dollars then, but give me this. No, do we, would we even have heard about the church no, what they recognized that there was something special that was going on. And I believe that we need to recognize that in this room and in the church that is at large is that there's something special and unique that's going on when people meet, when people give their lives to Jesus, when people surrender their lives to Jesus. It's not just another prayer shot up into the ether. It's about communicating and the power of the Holy Spirit comes down and begins to absolutely drive our lives. So how do I pray? What do I say? Have a conversation with God. In this biography that I just read called um, Becoming Dallas Willard, The Life of a Philosopher, Christ Follower, or something else, Gary Moon writes this about Dallas Willard, he says, you know, he, he, when you heard him pray, it was different. And here's what Dallas Willard believed, and I think this is just amazing, is that Jesus walks up to you and he wants to have a conversation with you. And I wonder, do we pray like that? Do we pray, which I've been, I've done, where we we send prayers out and hopefully they touch something? Or do we understand that the kingdom of God is among us and that Jesus is with us? So we're praying, we're not praying out into the ether, we're praying to a living God who's engaging with the reality of our lives. So when we pray, we pray in a way that says, God, come and have your way. We can't buy it. We can't earn it, but God's desire is to interact with our lives. Psalm 23 says, the Lord is my shepherd, I have all that I need. He lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me besides peaceful streams. He renews my strength. He guides me along right paths, bringing honor to his name. Even when I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid, for you are close beside me. Your rod and your staff protect me and comfort me. You prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. You honor me by anointing my head with oil. My cup overflows with blessings. Surely your goodness and unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life, and I will live in the house of the Lord forever. One of the ways that I believe we can approach prayer is this, understanding that God is good, he is merciful, he's just, and he loves us. And his desire is that we would know him. So we don't have to come to God timidly. We can actually approach God boldly. And that's what I encourage us to do. As we walk, even through, as we walk out of these doors, that we would come to know Jesus, that Jesus is in control, that Jesus will actually guide us as we pray, that he will lead us into green meadows, peaceful streams. He'll give us strength and he'll renew us. So if you would stand with me. Jesus, I thank you that you are in control. Thank you that your Holy Spirit is moving and transforming our lives. Father, we come to you this morning and say, have your way in our lives. As we take on the mind of Christ, as we realize that you rule and you reign and you desire us to do the things that you've called us to do. And as we realize that those things can't be done without the power of the Holy Spirit at work inside of us. So I pray as we leave this place today that we would truly be a people of prayer that are continually putting you at the forefront of the things that we do the words that we would speak to people around us, the things that we would say and the things that we would not say. And I thank you that you meet us right where we are. So, Father, I pray for transformation in each one of our lives. That we could be more like you, Jesus. Amen. If you